sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey guys, well, for all of you that are w- wondering, we're still alive down here. <laughs> We've been through a... Snowmageddon pretty- is what I call it. <laughs> right. This is Mark Crutcher, of course, and I'm joined by my usual co-host. She's lurking nearby. Yeah, is sure. Sarah Waits. Hi, everybody. And also lurking nearby is Brace my- yourselves. <laughs> right. You keep- brace yourself for impact. <laughs> Is my daughter Sheila? Hello, Sheila. Hi, y'all can't seem to get rid of me. Not so. brought back by popular demand. She just kind of weaseled in somehow. Yeah, we, we can't get rid of you. It's not for lack of trying. Hey, but. I suggested this week's topic, and you said, "Yeah." So we therefore, she you. thought entitled to participate. <laughs> I was invited, so sure. Right. Well, we felt sure. We felt sorry for you. Mm. Anyway, we made it through the electricity blackouts and boil water notice. In all my life in Texas, I've never seen anything like this. No. I mean, we were more fortunate than a lot oh, of yeah. other people. Oh, other absolutely. people had complete blackouts. We had the rolling one where every hour it would turn on and then every other hour it would it'd turn be, off. It'd be on for about 45 minutes and yeah. off for about an hour and then back on. And, and sometimes it got longer and shorter in the time span. So we knew that whenever the power came on to jump up and do whatever we needed to do. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in one way, it's kind of interesting to see how dependent you are on things like television and the internet and your computers. Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. You know, you always hear that saying, if you don't like the weather in Texas, just wait 30 minutes. <laughs> this lasted a week. <laughs> last, last Tuesday... Yeah. It was two degrees below zero yeah. in Denton. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, it was 81. Just think yeah. of all those people who are moving from New York to <laughs> Texas because they want warmer weather, and they get here, and they're like, <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> See, I think all the Yankees brought it with them. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think I, they brought the bad weather with them. But anybody who thinks that Texas never gets snow is in for a rude awakening. Yeah, right. <laughs> we get snow not often, but when we do, we do. And not a lot. I mean, we don't yeah. get this 30 feet of snow like they get in New York or something. No, this this was a substantial amount of snow that for, we got. Yeah, for us. We got about six inches of snow here in Denton. But Yeah. But, um, and some parts of Texas got way more than us. But we so. were lucky. Um, we were very fortunate, especially compared to others who, you know, mm-hmm. some people even lost their lives. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a bad situation. Not just in Texas, but across the South. Yeah, there were other places in the South that were impacted, not as much as Texas maybe, but mm-hmm. a lot. You know, we have these gigantic wind farms here in Texas because there's so much wind in Texas. Mm-hmm. I hope we got some wind from all of this. If one thing could come from it, it's a bunch of wind. And, you you know, we drove to Lubbock not long ago. Mm-hmm. Remember, we went through some of those just... Massive the, wind farms. We, as far as you can, as the eye can see, there's these big things. And, and for at every least 25% one, of them yeah, were out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for every one you see, there's at least three or four that are out. Yeah. And plus, you see ones that had oil spills, like just right. dripping down the... So, we've gone backwards in our evolution as human beings. Mm-hmm. Windmills are what you used to use to bring water up on mm-hmm. a farm. Or mill grain. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not to provide electricity for millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. So I hope that one of the things that comes out of this is people recognize that even in a place like Texas, with lots of wind mm-hmm. and lots of sun, mm-hmm. you can't depend. You know what we need to do? 
What Texas needs to do is tell the Biden administration, we're going to build six new power plants in Texas. If you don't like it, tough. <laughs> don't come to Texas. We're going to build five or six nuclear power plants around Texas, and we're going to take all of these stupid windmills and all these idiotic solar things now, which they're putting on tops of people's houses. Mm-hmm. We're going to move forward. You know, this just makes no sense whatsoever. None. Well, no sense. And my big thing is they say that it's green technology. Well, it isn't. Mm-hmm. They use lithium batteries. And if you look at lithium batteries, the whole manufacturing process, it is terrible for the environment. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only that, but you go out there and you see these gigantic fans, I mean, mm-hmm. windmills, right? The turbines. Yeah. The turbines. Those blades, you see them hauling up and down the interstate all the time on the back of these trucks. Mm-hmm. They're 50 and 60 feet long. Mm-hmm. Just imagine the amount of electricity that's required to produce those things. Well, they're and made out of fiberglass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that requires oil mm-hmm. and it requires electricity. And I saw a thing a few years back about the amount of energy that it takes to build one of those windmills mm-hmm. out of fiberglass. And the thing had to run 24-7 for like 22 years. And that means catch wind 24-7. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean just be on, able to catch wind. Right. It it's has to be run. actually receiving wind. And it took something like 22 years to return the amount of energy that it took to make the thing. Well, those things won't last anywhere near mm-hmm. 22 years. Mm-mm. We ought to be pulling all those things down, building nuclear power plants and being done with well, it. Well, it's like all the people who talk about their electric cars mm-hmm. and talking about how <laughs> green they are, despite the fact that they are made in factories that are powered by coal. Right. <laughs> and you have to plug it into your house or in another station that provides electricity probably made out of coal. (laughs) Don't tell me your car is green. Well, I think Democrat-run California is a perfect example. They have trouble with blackouts all the time, especially during the summer months. They're getting more and more cars that run on electricity. They're already having power grid issues, and then they're going to add a bunch of electric cars into the mix. How is that going to work? I don't don't know. know. One thing that's under the Biden administration is all this green... No, they're nuts. Green energy environment stuff. I mean, you know that's going to happen. It's unbelievable. These people are blithering idiots. That's all you can say about them. But anyway, I hope this is a wake-up call for people. And even if it's not a wake-up call for people outside of Texas, I hope mm-hmm. it's a wake-up call for people inside Texas. And the interesting thing there is Texas is the only state in the union that has its own power grid. We don't take power off the national mm-hmm. power grid. We have our own power grid for the state of Texas. Yeah. And we should be allowed to figure out how we want to power that grid. And I think nuclear is the only thing that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, speaking of wake-up calls, (laughs) I showed this video to you yesterday. It's been circling around the internet, and it's this history teacher who was taking some video. It was aimed at him, but it was comments from his students about history, and the caption on it was something along the lines of, as a history teacher, I'm concerned. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll let you uh, form your own opinion, but this is the video. Y'all listen to what it has to say. Helen Keller is the Nazi guy. No! What Nazi guy? I don't know. He, like, is like a terrorist. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah, I'm going to write Helen Keller here. Yeah. Right? No. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Is Hitler the... Who's Hitler? Who is Hitler? Helen Keller was the blind and deaf person who was fake. She didn't exist, but everyone believes she was deaf and blind. What? She was fake? Yeah, she, no, was, she, she was, was fake. What Pearl Harbor was, if I say Pearl Harbor. Is that a bridge? Dude. Do you know what D-Day is? 
D-Day. In person? A rapper? <laughs> You're, are you being... This idiocy, it just never stops. I think this just goes to show that not only are the school systems failing children, but so are the parents. The yeah. parents should have been teaching the stuff too. Well, you yeah. know, I wasn't in private school. I was in public school. I attended history classes. I know who Helen Keller is. I know about she the- She was the, real. Uh, she was real. <laughs> I know who Hitler is. I know what Pearl Harbor is, and it's not a bridge. And I know that D-Day is not a rapper. Right. So <laughs> I, I wanna know is, what are these kids learning in history class? Because it sure isn't history. Yeah, I don't know. They're I'm, learning critical race theory and propaganda yeah. and Marxism. That's what they're learning. What Wait, they're, it, you know what they're mainly learning, Sheila? What? They're learning to hate America. Yes. Yeah. You well, know, I heard Dennis Prager not long ago. Mm -hmm. Somebody had called in to his show or something, and he was answering a question from one of his listeners. And they said, where are these kids learning to hate America? And he said, in high school and college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and middle school and elementary school. It's starting oh, in elementary school right. now. they're going down, right. Sheila, I, I got a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. A moment ago, you said that this was not only a failure of the public school system, but of these parents. Mm-hmm. But in the defense of parents, let me point out, you never listened to a thing I ever said to you. Parents have been blindsided by some of the stuff that their kids come home and tell them they learn oh, yeah. in the classroom. But again, going back to this deal, mm -hmm. <sighs> Sheila never listened to anything I said. And what? I bet you if I sat down with <laughs> what? you. What? Yeah, huh? I bet uh, if I sat down with your parents, I would hear the same story. I don't know what you're talking about. I know exactly. You know exactly um, what mm, I'm talking about. Mm. So. It is true that education does continue outside the classroom. And I think. <clears throat> Especially with COVID, parents have, mm. have been forced to take on more of a role within their kids' education. Now, how some parents do with this will kind of be reflected in the next full year of being open. But you know one thing you figure out as you get older? Hmm. And you don't have to get this old and worn out and half dead and all One that. foot in the grave, one foot in a banana peel. Yeah, Like me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're in your early 30s. Mm -hmm. It won't be too long before you'll start figuring out that most of what you need to know to survive in this world... You didn't learn in school anyway. No. no. You learned in the real world. You got mm -hmm. out there and did it. That's what I have the problem with some of the college-required courses that they make you take. First off, if you didn't learn it in K-12, you're in trouble. But mm -hmm. two, college was initially thought to prepare you for a career. It wasn't to give you life skills. Learn to hate your country. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was to teach you a skill that you were going to do for an occupation. And I can tell you, because I switched majors a couple of times, I will never use right. most of the classes that I was forced to take. Well, and now college is teaching you stuff that you should have learned in middle school and high school. It mm -hmm. literally is. It's no longer... It's remedial. Yeah, it's yeah. no longer continuing education. Right. History, English, mathematics. Mm -hmm. you They're know. mopping up. Yeah. You're, you're having <laughs> to show proficiency in those things before you can take classes. And again, if your career has nothing to do with some of those courses, what is the point in requiring somebody to take that? We need to get back to this idea that college is not for subsidizing courses that didn't have enough attendance in it, and so they make everybody take, but actually preparing you for the career that you're right. trying to set well, out for. Well, you know, I took, in high school, four years of Spanish. Sheila took a bunch of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> she can't speak Spanish. Yes. I'm but not. I took four years of Spanish, but one year, uh, I didn't get to go for a variety of reasons, but our Spanish class got to go to Mexico, yeah. kind of like the way you went to Study England. Abroad. These kids came back from Mexico. 
mm-hmm. speaking Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Like they were natives. And they were only down there like six weeks. Because mm-hmm. when your ability to survive, to eat, to right. find the restroom, all depends on your proficiency in you Spanish, learn. you learn it real quickly. It's, it's a good thing I didn't do summer study abroad in Spain because I wouldn't have been able to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't come back with an English accent, you know, I still came back with my regular accent. But Which yeah. is heavily Texan, even though you uh, don't want to. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, she tried to say that people over there didn't know she was from Texas. No, I promise you they didn't. <laughs> oh, yes. They so. asked I where I was from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they were being kind. They were being uh, sarcastic. It was right. part of their dry humor. Where uh, are you from? I guess one way to look at this thing, though, when you look at what's happening with the public schools, is at least you could make an argument mm-hmm. that because of everybody not being able to go to school mm-hmm. during this pandemic and now because of this winter thing happening in Texas, at least they didn't miss much because they weren't being taught much. (laughs) You know, I just find it ironic how many times Gen Z brings up Hitler, and yet you have Gen Z people saying, who "Who is Hitler? (laughs) (laughs) That's because they're just parroting what they see online, what they see from celebrities. They don't know what they're saying. Anyway, we mentioned earlier. Speaking of all this madness. (laughs) we're, We're drifting off subject here. You had a subject you wanted to talk about, Sheila, so I'm going to let you take it away. So the subject is Biden's nominee for the Department of Health and Human Services, the secretary. He's a guy that not only the pro-life movement should be worried about, but every conservative, conservative, freedom-loving American should be afraid of. And his name is Xavier Becerra. Mm -hmm. This guy is a deplorable human that everybody should be afraid of. Is he uh, deplorable? Is he in the basket of deplorables? Yes. (laughs) No, that's us. And I don't want him in our basket from what I've heard. Okay, the, the godless left then. He's a former congressman and California Attorney General. Well, that now, tells you all you need yeah. to know well, right there. And it's important to point out that as Attorney General, he was one of the prosecutors who went after David DeLayden and Sandra Merritt. In fact, in 2017, he filed 15 felony charges against them. Oh, that's not all he's done over the years. Well, he took over for... for um Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, right. Yeah, and not only that, but he defended Planned Parenthood in the Mm -hmm. aftermath of that and also voted against a congressional investigation into Planned Parenthood. Oh, he's done a whole list of stuff. I mean, he gets endorsements from NARAL and Planned Parenthood. Apparently, Dr. Fauci, too. Yeah, that tells you all that you need to know about this guy, that Planned Parenthood and NARAL are voting for him, are rooting for him. Do you know what's interesting? I found an article that was saying that his appointment was being praised by the Catholic Health Association, saying that Becerra has been a strong partner with CHA in defending the Affordable Care Act and for Mm -hmm. advocating for greater access to quality, affordable health care coverage for everyone, particularly the most vulnerable, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he fought Trump on his reforms in order to try to make health care more affordable, not just Mm -hmm. for individuals, but companies as well. Well, he's in the past, he supported Medicare for all, Mm -hmm. and he endorses, like you said, Affordable Health Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, he said that he wants to help protect it in the courts. Yeah. So this guy, if he becomes elected as health secretary, he's going to go to bat. He won't be elected, but he should be appointed. Uh, yeah. yeah, confirmed. confirmed. He also opposed exempting the Little Sisters of the Poor from the Obamacare mandate. So you're going to have nuns. Pay for abortion and birth mm-hmm. control. Birth control. Yeah, that was a big controversy. Um 
Well, and one thing that we need to mention too, in episode three, we were talking about the COVID stuff and some of the things that was coming out from that. I mentioned that a group of attorney generals were suing the FDA, trying to lift some of the restrictions against mifeprostone and increase access to telemed abortions. Becerra was the one who led the group of attorney generals who did that. Yeah. I mean, he's voted in the past against a ban on partial birth abortions. And even Mitt Romney mm-hmm. was saying that he couldn't get on board with his position on partial birth abortion. He said that I he mean, couldn't compromise on the issue, that he might be able to compromise on other issues, but... Not partial birth abortion, uh-huh. yeah. And this was all during one of the first hearings to the Senate when he was trying to defend his position to be nominated. And then, of course, the Democrats are trying to push for him, saying that he has experience and principles. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. The Democrat Party today wouldn't recognize principles or character or morals if it jumped up and bit him on the butt. So let's <laughs> don't put too much behind well, that. Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying yeah. that uh, Patty Moray, Democrat from Washington, literally said, quote, quote, that he has experience and principles needed. That just shows you that they're the party of abortion right there. And yet on the other side of this, there's a number of people, including 75 members of Congress, both in the House and the Senate, who signed a letter expressing grave concerns, citing his lack of health care experience, so lack of experience, and his enthusiasm for Medicare for All, his embrace of radical policies on immigration, abortion, and religious liberty. That's what we need is more California liberals mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. But let's make a point here. Elections do have consequences. Yeah. And when you elect, now I don't believe that we elected godless communists to run this government. They stole it. The godless communists stole this election. Don't make any mistake about that. But the fact is, when you put godless communists like Biden and Kamala Harris in power, these are the people they're going to gyrate to. Yeah. And like I said, this. Him being selected would impact everybody, not just the pro-life movement. He's for, for instance, physician-assisted suicide. He's a big proponent of that. Mm -hmm. And then also, he's against the First Amendment. When he was sworn in as attorney general in California, he said that he doesn't think that the religious liberty protections in the First Amendment apply to organizations only individuals. Well, and during the COVID stuff and the lockdown, he was one of the ones who was preventing churches from gathering. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to something else that he has been supporting, Politico reported that Becerra has repeatedly advocated for undocumented immigrants to have more access to health care and government benefits, whether through Medicaid or Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants immigration reforms to be liberalized. So this affects every single person in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just the pro-life and abortion issue. But going back to the abortion issue, he voted against a bill that would protect minors from being driven across state lines to procure an abortion without parental consent. Mm-hmm. And as we've covered in past episodes of this podcast, that has a real impact on victims of statutory rape who are being taken by their predators mm-hmm. for abortions to cover up illegal activity. And we proved that with our child predator mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. So what he is saying, let's make sure people understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. If a 45-year-old man is having sex with a little 12 or 13-year-old girl in his neighborhood mm-hmm. and she gets pregnant and he's going to take her outside the state to secure an abortion, 
to he, circumvent parental notification laws right. as well as as well laws, as, yeah. as the laws that are in the state where they are. Mm-hmm. He comes down on the side of the predator rather than on the side of the girl. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. Yeah. yeah, that's literally what he is saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he supports sex trafficking. He right. supports child predators. He supports Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. NARAL, all the sides that you don't want to be supporting. He fought for and defended before the Supreme Court the 2011 California Reproductive Freedom Accountability Comprehensive Care and Transparency Act. They call it the FACT Act, which required crisis pregnancy centers to let clients know how and where they could receive California paid for abortions, either by posting it in the waiting room or telling them verbally or sending them into an email. He was requiring crisis pregnancy centers who are trying to save the lives of the unborn to tell them how they can get abortions. Right. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. And y'all don't have a reference point for this, but I can tell you, if I could go back and let y'all see, for example, a typical day in America when I was in high school, you could have gone around at that time if I could transport you back to that time and tell people what's going on in this country today, and they would have locked you up because they said, this person is nuts. Mm -hmm. That stuff will never happen in America. Yeah. And here we are. And it's accelerating. Well, I can even see a difference between when I was growing up in the 90s and now. I mean, right. the 90s weren't perfect. You had Bill Clinton. Right. But I can even see a big leap from then to now. Yeah. Well, it's Like you, know, you said, it's accelerating. If you'd asked me about things that were going to happen, I would have told you were crazy. If you told me right. that Donald Trump would be running for president and would win, I would have told you that you were crazy. Right. You know, you just can't predict where, where things are going. We have no barometer. If someone were to say, just come up and say, here's something outrageous. This is totally outrageous. Yeah. Fact and, or fiction. And, and it's, going to be, it's going to be not only legal, but paid for with tax dollars in two years. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. We could not sit here and say today, no, that'll never happen. Because we're in a situation now where anything is possible. I mean, there are some people who you see online who said, I can't believe this or I can't believe this. Well, I can. Because if you grew up knowing what goes on, and the abortion industry, Mm -hmm. and that the American government allows that, you're not surprised about anything anymore. No, you're not. Well, you know, the longer I get well, in you're this, stupid. the less you I'm are surprised. surprised. <laughs> you what? The longer I'm in this, the less I'm surprised. Right. Well, I wouldn't say stupid, but I would say naive, you know, not my really mom, know what's going on. My mom and I will talk about this, and she's like, can you believe that? I'm like, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, It'd be like an old man shaking his stick at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> get off my yard. Get off my lawn, you hooligans. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, sometimes you get the feeling like you want to say to the public, come on in here and try to shock me. Just yeah. give yeah. it your best shot. Let's see what you, yeah. what you can say. And by the way, there are things that we hear around here mm-hmm. that we don't put out on here. Yeah. It'd be too embarrassing to talk about or yeah. too disgusting. Too gory, too disgusting. Yeah. Right. So honestly, if people really wanted their eyes to be opened and be like us and not be surprised about anything anymore, spend a few weeks working here. Right. And yeah. then your eyes would be wide open. Well, just looking at this guy, Becerra, that's being appointed. You know, I was doing some research into his history for this episode, and, you know, you see a lot of people who are getting appointed or elected for things, and they'll say, well, they're pro-abortion. This guy is not just pro-abortion. Oh, he's a He's, he's a gone beyond mm-hmm. pro-abortion. He, yeah, he's a zealot for it. He's right. like Harris. In fact, Jay Sekulow, and I think you've been on yeah. his show once or twice, but he put on Facebook, Becerra has spent his entire career promoting pro-abortion laws and vindictively targeting pro-lifers. He's not just pro-abortion, he's anti-life. Right. Yeah, anti-life is a perfect description. But one thing I want to encourage people 
when you get mad, don't just say, oh, there's nothing I can do anymore. Don't just say, I'm mad, and then move on with yeah. your life. Or, you know, don't just be discouraged and, you know, give up. Get mad about the stuff and get do vocal. something about it. Well, I'd say get vocal. I'd be talking yeah. to your local senators and your House of Representatives. But on the other hand, we can't be surprised mm-hmm. that when you wind up with people like Biden mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris running your government, mm-hmm. that you get these kind of moral defectives and moral degenerates. I have heard conservatives utter surprise at some of the things that he is doing, which means these are probably people who voted for him because he was Catholic. Sorry, he's not Catholic. He he's says he's ex- Catholic. He is an excommunicated mm-hmm. Catholic. Yeah. John Paul II and Pope Benedict both said Uh elected officials who support legalized abortion have excommunicated themselves from the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church. So I want to defend. I'm not Catholic. I know. But I I want to defend the church and make sure people understand these are not Catholics. These are excommunicated Catholics like as a Protestant, Schumer and Pelosi yeah. and the rest of these. As a Protestant, we're used to people like Bill Clinton claiming faith. So we, we just move on about our business. We don't even, you know, make any bones about it. You know, they right. can claim to be something all they want. doesn't necessarily make them that. But so I can tell that there are conservatives out there that voted for him because he claims to be Catholic or right. he, they listened to some of the things that he claimed that he wasn't going to do despite looking at everything else that he said he was going to do in his history and then all of a sudden are surprised by these things. You can't be surprised. But, but listen, when you wind up with communist mm-hmm. at the head of your government, this is what you get. Yeah. What I think is interesting is people who will even say that they're a liberal who are surprised at the stuff that's going on. And they're like, well, if I had known he was going to do that, I wouldn't have voted for him. Well, yeah. he's doing exactly what he said he's going yeah. to do. Yeah. But you know, really, Sheila, the fact that some of these people voted for him is irrelevant mm-hmm. yeah. because... He was not voted into office. Well, no. The office no. was stolen. Well, and, yeah. yeah, but we still need to reinforce the point that if you claim to be pro-life, but you are voting for pro-choice politicians, then you are voting pro-choice. You may be philosophically mm-hmm. pro-life, but realistically, in action, you're pro-choice because you are voting for pro-choice politicians who will use their power to enact pro-choice laws that target the unborn. Well, you are voting for abortion. You're voting for a politician who is supposed to represent you, and if they support abortion, you're voting for abortion. Well, you're helping give them power. <clears throat> yeah, if you vote pro-abortion, you're pro-abortion. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Don't come in here and try to sugarcoat it and say, well, I'm pro-life, but... when You hear somebody say, I'm pro-life, but... When they say but, they're not pro-life. Mm-hmm. That's how you know someone is lying to you. Right. Anyway, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that would be a good topic of discussion for another episode. You know, what it truly means to be pro-life. Yeah, well, we've talked about that. We, talk, yeah. Yeah, we can do another one on it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of little barometers like that that you can use, things that pop up, the red flags. Mm-hmm. But again, 100% of the time, when you hear somebody say, I'm pro-life, but mm-hmm. they're not pro-life. It's pro-life without exceptions because that tells you what they believe about the unborn child. Right. That's exactly right. Okay. That's it. Do <laughs> you, you get an appointment or somewhere? You're just I, like, okay, we're done. Bye. I'm done. I'm, I've had it with you. <laughs> uh, uh, if you have a question or comment about the abortion issue that you want discussed on the show, you can easily submit it at lifedynamics.com forward slash podcast. We've got a form right there on the page. You can submit your questions and comments. We do read them. So go ahead and send those in. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on 
do people say boo koodles anymore? Mm. We're on boo koodles of platforms now. Uh, a plethora. Ever. A plethora, yes. Oh, We're in yeah. a plethora. <laughs> Open up our dictionary uh, here. And with the suggestion. A myriad. <laughs> if you like me being on the show, be sure to. <laughs> don't, if you like Sheila being on the show, don't tell anybody. We don't want to hear Just about it. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't give her more power. <laughs> yeah, don't feed her ego anymore. <laughs> um, and then leave a review of our podcast. We have a button right on lifedynamics.com forward slash podcast, as well as the podcast episode page. Click the link, leave a review. We read them. We like to tell all your friends. We yeah, like to hear it. what yeah. you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. In fact, Mark has been accused of being anti-Democrat Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the reviews. We'll have to read some of those. And We've gotten good reviews, yeah. but there have been some funny ones. So, yeah, send in a review. Let us know what you think about the show. It helps us, and it also helps people who stumble upon the show decide whether or not to give it a try. Well, you know, the Democrat Party has become a sanctuary for every kind of moral <laughs> defective and moral here degenerate. We, here we go. We got him on his soapbox. And if, and if people think they're insulting me by saying I'm anti that, Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But listen, my parents were Democrats. So I was mm-hmm. raised, we're Southerners. We were Democrats. But the Democrat Party of today uh-huh. bears absolutely no resemblance to the Democrat Party that existed when I was a kid. It's yeah. come from classic liberalism mm-hmm. to Marxism. You're seeing the split in the Democrat Party amongst the classic liberals who were coming over to the side of the conservatives right. versus you know the mainstream Democrat Party now. Mm-hmm. It's... Well, back in the days when there were what you call the classic liberals, I mean, I had friends that were like that when I was a kid. And you Mm -hmm. could sit down and have an an honest discussion, honest discussions, and then go out and eat dinner with them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd ride motorcycles together and all the stuff that I was doing as a kid and still doing some of it. But that's not who we're talking about now. We're talking about godless Marxist. That's what we're talking about. And some of them are now even coming out and admitting it, that they're Marxist. So anyway... Yeah, I don't have a problem being anti that. (laughs) So leave other comments like that if you wish. And also, like he said, be sure to share the podcast with others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need to get as big an audience as we can. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Sheila. Mm -hmm, Of course. And uh, Sarah and I will be back again next Thursday. Until next week, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. We're here to win. Because why, Sheila? Winning is how the killing stops. That's right. You got it down. We'll see you next Thursday. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. 